Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Hey guys, Chris here, welcome back to another episode of Chris Talks Games. As always, I'm Chris, and I'm going to talk about some games for you guys today. Um, first I want to say, I hope you all guys had a nice Christmas, and looking forward to New Year. It is New Year's Eve at the time of recording this, so, yep, last minute um, thing to get this up, but uh, it doesn't have a bit of a tight deadline. Um, yeah, so I hope you had a good Christmas, managed to play some games, and have a good chill out. Um, yeah, I hope two, 2023 is a good year for you all, and it looks like it's going to be a strong, strong year for gaming so far, so all good. First up, as always, going to start with some news. Okay, so first up, there has been some leaks over the last week about a... Everyone's claiming a new Switch, but it's got like a special edition Switch... Uh, time to a game that is of course Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom um, shouldn't really be a surprise it'd be a limited edition Switch or like a special edition Switch released to go alongside this game so it's a big release um, yeah pictures seem to have come out from China of um, the system and it's uh, seems to be an OLED uh, it's a white dock, but it has like the Zelda kind of Triforce and Master Sword style design on it, or kind of like the Master, like the Shield emblem on it potentially. Um, and that's in gold in there around the edge of the the dock. Um, and the Joy Cons appear to be gold and have got some green effects on them, um, going by what has been seen in these. Um, Leaked photos. Uh, like I say, it shouldn't be a big surprise that they would do a limited edition Switch or like a special edition for the game. Um, but a lot of people were kind of anticipating they might do a Switch Pro alongside Breath of the Wild 2 or Tears of the Kingdom as it is now. So yeah, a lot of people were thinking, oh, Switch Pro, Switch Pro, but it does appear that the Switch Pro, if it was real, is no longer happening. A lot of the leakers who are kind of very much... Um, Talk about how said they've heard now that it was planned, but Nintendo have decided not to release it. So, um, hopefully that does mean the end of the Switch Pro rumours. I think that will be the case, hopefully. And I think it could be like two or three years until we get the new Nintendo console out properly. So, potentially 2024, 2025. Um, but obviously, it's all speculation. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see where Nintendo do go with this. Um, but it looked like a pretty cool um, system. I know Spawn Wave on YouTube has got a video about it. And has got pictures of the leak, or like the leaks in it. Um, I reckon the normally is like a direct or direct mini in January. So hopefully it won't be too long till we find out a bit more information about it, which would be cool. Um... 
Yes, that's the first news story down. Second up is the Microsoft and Activision takeover deal. Um, it does keep on having revelations come out, uh, lots of information coming out. Um, the latest things, obviously, the big argument from Sony is it's going to take big franchises away from PlayStation and give Xbox an advantage. But Microsoft have revealed that Sony often pay, uh, pays for Xbox exclusion clauses in deals, or if it does like publishing deals, or kind of, well, not necessarily publishing deals, but if it does a funding or like um, promotional deals, or like time exclusive exclusivity deals, they will do an Xbox exclusion clause, which would prevent that game going to Xbox once the timed exclusive and that is over. Um, two big games that have been unveiled by Microsoft to have had this are the Final Fantasy VII Remake series. So Sony have um, given Square some money and had a contract saying that the game can't go to Xbox. And also the upcoming Silent Hill 2 Remake has got this clause as well. Um, so it's not just going to be a timed exclusive for console. For PlayStation, it is not coming to... To Xbox at all. Um, so yeah, it's kind of going against Sony's argument that they're taking that Microsoft will be taking big franchises away from PlayStation when in fact they are doing exactly the same with these clauses and deals with other publishers. Um, they all just get quite interesting and it'd be interesting to see which way the regulators go. Um, I know there are some um, bodies that are having meetings in January to decide the outcome. Uh, obviously, the deal is not due to, to close till June. There are lots of different countries looking into this. But I know a couple of them are having sessions and meetings in January to kind of discuss it. So it'll be interesting to see what the outcome for these is. So, yeah, very much... Interesting to see. A lot of people are thinking it will go through. And I know when the UK Competition Board asked the general public for their feedback, apparently 75% of it wanted the deal to go ahead. And the 25% that didn't were very much kind of like very much PlayStation owners um, looking out for their own interests. But then again, if they are scared of those games not coming to PlayStation, it is um, understandable. But obviously... If Sony are doing these non all Xbox exclusion clauses, that kind of does mean that I won't be able to play Final I won't be able to play Final Fantasy VII on the Xbox, which is something I probably would want to do. Um so yeah, very interesting, very kind of complex situation. We'll just see what comes out in the next few months when the trials and kind of hearings happen. Um but yeah, so that's the latest on the Microsoft and Activision takeover bid. Um, and then the last bit of news is about Masahiro Sakurai, who, of course, is the director of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and uh, the Wii U and DS ones and previous other um, Smash Bros. series. Uh, in an interview in Japan, he did confirm that he has now considers, considers himself semi-retired. Um, obviously, he did say that he was going to take a step back after Smash Brothers, he is in his 50s and has worked pretty much non-stop on Smash Brothers for over a decade. 
Um, so yeah, he is kind of definitely taking a back seat. There are a lot of rumours going around that he might be working on a Kid Icarus Uprising remake for the Switch. Um, just because in other various interviews towards the end of last year, like Kid Icarus Uprising was mentioned, and he did say it would be great, rather than he did say it would be great to see it come back. Um, because where he does do like smaller projects like this, uh, another option I had heard rumoured is at Bandai Namco. We're kind of looking at working on a port, so that's one speculation, one thing he might be doing. Um, but I think is if they do announce a new Smash Brothers game, I don't think Sakurai would be as involved in it. He might be executive producer or kind of oversee it, but he won't be full-on director or as involved. But the big thing is, with Smash Brothers Ultimate, what do you do going forward with Smash Brothers? Like, how do you top Super Smash Bros. Ultimate? I don't think you do, so it'd be whether you need to look at rebooting the franchise or trying something different with it. Um, but I think Super Smash Bros. Ultimate probably is the pinnacle of Smash Bros. games. Um, so I'm not sure how Nintendo would top it, whether they just keep on releasing it and upgrading it with different console releases, so like updated graphics, kind of maybe add the occasional character here and there for different editions of it. But it does get very interesting with all the licensing and everything else related to the third-party characters in there. Um, but yeah, so that's an interesting tidbit from Sakurai that he has said that he is now semi-retired, so he's still going to do some bits, but he's um, not... Full steam ahead or full uh full time with his uh with his um game development work at the moment, so so yeah, I think he very much deserves a break and um I know he did get a reputation of being quite a workaholic and he would uh spend a super amount of time working on things. So he is very much well deserved for him, I think. Um yeah, that kind of concludes the news for this this episode, and now on to the main bits. Okay, so as it is the last podcast of the year, I thought I'd have a quick look back at kind of games that stood out to me this year. And I'm going to be up front, a majority of it is Switch stuff, purely because Microsoft didn't really have anything for me. I've not really played my PlayStation this year. Um... I feel bad saying it, but it's just there's not been stuff that's jumped out and been a, I must I must play that kind of thing for those consoles. Like there are a couple of bits I have played on Xbox, and they have and a couple of them have made my kind of list of games. Um, but just a bit of a pre warning is kind of switch heavy, um, kind of a switch heavy list. Um, yeah, I was kind of looking at how many to do, because uh, I didn't want to go on for ages. So I've done like a top five, I've got two honourable mentions as well. Um, so my first, um, or my number five, I guess, is in terms of games that I've enjoyed this year, kind of stood out to me. Um, and game number five is one that I really did take a while to think about. And I just try to work out where to put it really, um, 
But I have put number five as Pokemon Violet. This may well change the more I play of it. Admittedly, I've not, over the last couple of weeks, I've not had a lot of time to play it because I've had a lot of stuff going on with work and Christmas stuff. So uh, gaming has been a bit light on my side, unfortunately. Um, yeah, Pokemon Violet is my number five at the moment. Um, I actually love what I've played the game so far. I think it's really cool. I love like, the open world mechanic and how they have kind of made it truly open world. Um, I think the thing for me is, and this is probably going to come up later on in this, but some of the groundbreaking stuff with the Pokemon Legends Arcus, I think they backtracked a little bit on some of it. Um, so in terms of some of the battling mechanics, there's things that I kind of preferred in other games. Um, I think the trustalizing uh, phenomenon is great. The Pokemon look amazing when they're in the crystal forms. I think it's kind of the gym seemed like a bit of a step back from Sword and Shield as well. Like, absolutely loved the stadium feel of the gyms in Pokemon Sword and Shield, and how it felt like a big event. Um, whereas it seems quite provincial and kind of. A little kind of tennis match in a field, kind of, or like tennis court in a field, kind of field to the gyms in this time. Um, and the closest you got to it, from what I've seen, is the electric gym. Obviously, I've not done all the gyms yet, so I can't say that none of the gyms are like they were in Sword and Shield. But I just loved how Sword and Shield did their gyms and their gym challenges. Um, because the gym challenges in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet just seem a bit easy, a bit meh. Because I think, okay, they weren't super difficult in Sword and Shield. Like the water gym, when you had like the different pipes of water to try and work out how to open up your route to the to the stadium. Um, I thought that was quite challenging in places. And you had to think about it, where Siren, where you're walking around Runlow's Sunflora Pokemon... I was actually running around and looking for things. It just seemed a bit kind of pedestrian, I think, which is a horrible way of saying it. Um, yeah, I love Paldea. I like a lot of the Pokemon that I've seen. Um, I really want to carry on playing through and get a lot more of it done. But it is just kind of... Certain elements I loved about previous Pokemon games that don't seem to be there. Um, like the gym's not feeling like a massive sense of occasion for me. Just felt a bit like, uh, um, so yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on Pokemon Violet. And obviously, the performance issues did have a little bit of an impact. Like, it's not the not a game breaking thing, it's not like I'm not playing it because I cause it doesn't run properly. I paid for it, but there were some really notable parts of slowdown and lag, um, in places. And, um, yeah, I just kind of felt that it was, for everything it did right, there were a few things that just felt a bit kind of, oh, okay. Um, so that's why, at the moment, I've got Pokemon Violet as my number five for this list. Um, at number four, I have Bayonetta 3. Bayonetta, if you've been listening to mine and the Game Junkies podcast for a few years, 
um, before we had a release date for it, uh, when the most un- top 10 anticipated games of the year. Every year since it's been announced, Bayonetta 3 had been on my anticipated game of the year list. Um, yeah, Bayonetta 3 is a lot of fun. Um, again, I've played bits, I've played a chunk of it, but I have got a lot more to go with it. Um, I think the drawback for Bayonetta is probably me as a player. Um, I don't always get the combo heavy games very well. Um, I don't say a button bash, but I kind of don't necessarily take the best advantage of the um, strategy behind the combos and stuff like that. Um, I like going, trying to get the job done. Um, that's on me as a player rather than how I play, rather than the game. Um, yeah, obviously there was a controversy around the launch with the original voice actress Helena Taylor as well. Um, I think luckily it came very clear very quickly that she wasn't entirely truthful so it wasn't actually Platinum and the developers of the game that were causing the issues it was um, her kind of trying to spin the situation into her favour which uh, turned out not to be a good idea because it wasn't a good situation um for those not in the know, it is very much on the internet for you to read. Um, she claimed to say she was only offered a tiny sum of money to do the voice work. Where in fact she had auditioned successfully, got offered the role, but turned down uh, the offer she wanted because she wanted to get a lot more money. And then when they couldn't work out a salary, she was offered a cameo. Um, and for those who play the game, you'll be able to understand how the cameo would work. Um, and she was offered a fairly hefty amount of money for the cameo, um, which would have been one session of voice work. Um, but she still walked away from it. Ben tried to claim that Platinum were insulting her for with what they offered her, even though the original offer from what. No figs have been said, but the original offer does seem to be fairly in line with what voice actors get. Um, but yeah, this is really treading old ground. Um, the game, I think, looks great. Plays pretty well for the most part. Um, I absolutely love where they're going with the story from where I'm at. Um, and yeah, it's just great to have that bunch of characters back. And I think they've done it really well. And obviously they have announced the spin-off game for next year, which will be interesting to see how that shapes up. Um, but yeah, it's about that for about out three, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Bayonetta out three is a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think because it's a quite drop in and play kind of game, like you play through a chapter and drop out again, it's one that kind of I'll keep going back to, but I don't know how much time, like if I had a choice of other games, I'm not sure whether it would be my top choice. Um, But yeah, very much a good game for me. Now, on to my number three, and my number three is a frequel. So it is um, Splatoon 3. Splatoon 3 um, just builds on the first two games and 
makes quite good advancements, I think. Um, the Splatlands and Splatsville, where like, your hub world is, I think it's far more expansive than any other Splatoon game. There's a lot of things to see and do. Um, Saturn 1 I'm enjoying a lot more this time than I did in the pre in Splatoon 2. Um, a lot of the map's pretty cool. I actually still haven't started the single-player mode. Um, I came on means to do a video, but just find the time to sit down and play through the single-player um, for a video. But, yeah, Splatoon 3 is always a lot of fun. I absolutely love what they've done with the lobby. The lobby is so much better. Uh, the fact you can run around and shoot stuff in the, like, the training room while you're waiting for your match to load. Um, and how you can personalise and customise stuff. Um, so yeah, I am very kind of, very much enjoys Platoon 3. Um, the big one kind of disappointed me a bit. I think the big one, um, was a bit more over the top. I think I would have enjoyed it more. I didn't realise the big one is going to be like Summon 1, where it's literally just one level. I thought it was, you'd rotate different maps. Um... So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with um, Big Ones going forward and how they react. But Big One was fun, but I just I thought it'd be like more levels than just one at a time. Um, so I think did make it a bit of a slight disappointment for me. Um, but yeah, it's very charming, very cutesy, a lot of fun. Can be quite intense at times. Um, yeah, definitely Splatoon 3 is a game to try out if you want to. Um, very much enjoying it. My number two for the year. Uh, might surprise a few people. A lot of people might not rate it as highly as I do. But I don't know if it's just the relief of how it turned out. But my number two is Sonic Frontiers. Um, after Sonic Forces, it's no lie I was very nervous about the next 3D Sonic game. Um, Forces, I just think, really kind of disappointed me. One thing I used to love about the Sonic game, especially like Sonic Adventure 2, is that sense of a sense of scale and like a world. Where Sonic Forces, where you're going backwards and forwards between the same zones, it just didn't feel as big to me. And like when you did get little glimpses of other level, other zones, you wanted more. Rather than going back to the same area and trying to do the same kind of things. Or like slightly different challenges. Um, the Sonic Frontiers was always going to be ambitious. It was going to be looking towards open world. And is it perfect? No. Is there like popping a plenty? Yes. Um, do the controls occasionally get frustrating? Yes. But I do think it controls a lot better than previous Sonic games. Um, I love the exploration. Um, the cyberspace levels are awesome bit of fun, a little bit of nostalgia. Um, I'm very interested to see where the story goes. Obviously, if you watch my videos, I have just got to the second island. And to be fair, I've not replayed really it since because that's kind of like the time that Pokemon Violet came out. And I'm playing a few other bits instead. Um, so yeah, I am very much... Looking set to get stuck into Sonic Frontiers again, play a lot more of it. Um, yeah, I am just really enjoying the game. Um, and I think 
when I went hands on with it at EGX, if you heard my EGX um, podcast, I came very seriously impressed. I, I was kind of a little worried after what we were seeing in the initial gameplay stuff, whether it would be a fun enough level, uh, game or whether they'd manage to nail the controls and that. For the most part, I think they did. Um, that's quite an intriguing story. Um, interesting settings. Um, even though it's a lot of people say it's fairly basic landscapes, I think for me, having something like that environment and be able to run around and like the skill trees, interesting. I need to kind of do a bit more of that. Um, yeah, Sonic Frontiers has impressed me with how it was a massive step back in the right direction for Sonic. And like I say it's probably just the relief or kind of happiness that it turned out right. I know it's very mixed in terms of reviews, but I am very much um, happy with the game and enjoying the game. And it's good to be in a position where I'm happy to be playing a Sonic game. Um, I know we did Psych Origins over the summer. Um, I loved that nostalgia hit, um, but I know a lot of people weren't happy with the state of the collection when it came out and were kind of expecting more. But to be fair, I kind of really, really enjoyed it. So, um, good year for Sonic, I think. Um, but Sonic Frontier is definitely kind of definite highlight for me this year. Um, like I said, I just need to get back and play some more of it. And then my number one is going way back to January this year. And it is Pokemon Legends Arceus. Um, Pokemon Legends Arceus, I don't know what it is. I just really loved what they did with the series. Um, it was the first kind of glimpse at open world. Um, so, like, it did have... Um, like large areas you can go around, so it wasn't like you go from your town straight to the area, like you had to fast travel to the area. But um I loved how it played. I loved you could just go and do what you wanted with it. Um I loved the catching mechanic. So you didn't have to always battle the Pokemon to catch it, you could just throw a Pokemon Pokeball. Uh which is one thing I missed from Legend uh Pokemon Violet. Um and just the way the battles worked, I really loved the agility and strong styles and switching between the two and be able to see like how that the different styles would affect your placement in the uh whose guy it was. Um so yeah, I am very much a fan of Pokemon Zarkis and how it plays. Obviously I know Again, it wasn't perfect. It did have a few performance issues, like frame rate, some texture things. Um, but it just really sticks out of me of like an amazing experience for this year. Um, the Alpha Pokemon. Again, the interesting story of like how did you get to the history region or what would be known as Sinnoh. Um, but yeah, I did really enjoy... Um, Playing through Pokemon Legends Arceus, and for me, it's the better Pokemon game of the year out of Scarlet and Violet and Legends Arceus. Even though I love a lot of what Pokemon Scarlet and Violet did, I just miss the kind of gameplay mechanics from Legends Arceus. So they took like the open world catching 
and I had that mechanic worked from Legends Arcus and put it into Pokemon Violet. I think I'd love that a lot more. Um, yeah, I think that would be amazing. Um, and again, there's, if they add in the strong and agile style again, because um, you could have that alongside the trestleizing, it could be an extra layer to the battles, make it a bit more strategic. Um, yeah, I think that would have been incredible as well. Um, so I don't know if Pokemon Company would try to keep things simple, just having one mechanic, but... Yeah, if there's one game I'd recommend you try, it would be the Pokemon Legends Arceus this year. Um, yeah, it's a bit goofy, yeah, it's a bit silly, but just the exploration, the different Pokemons and seeing how they all interact and how that all works. Yeah, it's definitely my kind of game that I remember most fondly, I think, from this year. Um it kind of surprised me a bit. Um, now I've done this list, there's one game I think I should have put in this list as well, but I will do it as an honourable mention. Um, but they have to try and reduce it down to five games was tough. Um, but yeah, it was a very good year. Um, yeah, so I've got honourable mentions. The first one is going to be The Last Hero of Nostalgia. Um, yeah, so... It may feel like a shoehorn because I got this as a review code, my first ever chance to review a game. But um did absolutely love Last Year and Nostal Guy. It's the first Souls like game I've played. So very much getting in, stuck into the kind of genre. And I think it seems to be a good game to kind of start as a starting point. If you've not played Souls like games, I think Last Hero Nostalgia is a or Last Hero Nostalgia is a great one to to dive in initially with. Um I love the the wit, the not taking itself seriously, the kind of tongue cheekness where you had like the NPC lounge and kind of you go out to this town where all the NPCs live, like yeah, it's so many kind of little touches and funny bits that I think were just great. Um Really great and interesting art style. Um, and yeah, definitely one to look out for, for Thunder, from Thunderful Games. Um, I think it's just kind of PC and Xbox. That seems to be their consoles of choice at the moment. Um, but very much one I'd recommend giving a try to if you do have the opportunity to. Um, next, honorable mention is Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Um this was a great kind of game. The reason it wasn't my top five is I kind of initially forgot that it came out in 2022. Um, just because there was so much other stuff around it. Um, but yeah, it's just a great leap into 3D for Kirby. I think it's the best 3D game that he's been in, hands down. Um, very cutesy, very kind of... I know a lot, I've heard a lot of people saying they like 100%ing it because it's not like it's fun to try and 100% it and you don't feel like you're having to do impossible things. Um, just the encourages you to explore around the levels and all that kind of stuff and like problem solving to get to hidden collectibles. Um, so yeah, Kobe in the Forgotten Land is very much a lot of fun if you are looking for. Um, 
you are very much looking for a kind of good platformer game, I would strongly recommend Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Um, and the last I will mention is the one that I kind of forgot to put on my list, is Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Um, I've fallen in love with the characters again, I need to play more of it. Um, with all the other game releases that came out and Christmas and work getting crazy, this means that gaming as a whole for me, I think, has taken a bit of a back seat the last two or three weeks. Um, like I haven't done anywhere near as much as I wanted to, but it is to try to find the time around seeing everyone and work and life in general. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, I haven't been able to play as much gaming as I want, but Xenoblade Chronicles, they've got an amazing cast of characters, a really interesting concept and story, um, really cool battle mechanic, they're just trying to get, make sure I get to grips with and enjoy, but yeah, I am really enjoying um, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 from what I've played of it, um, and again, if you're looking for a JRPG, I think that would be my choice for the year. Um, it did get a Game of the Year nomination at the Game Awards, didn't win unfortunately, but um, yeah, it's well deserved nomination for it. Um, and yeah, just like, the characters are just really, really cool. Um, and I'd, again, if you're looking for an RPG to play, that would be my choice. Like a proper full on RPG, whereas Pokemon's more like an action adventure RPG. Um, yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is definitely worth a shout and worth a try, if you like. Amazing music, massive, expansive areas, and a good story. I think, yeah, definitely look at giving that one a try. Um, yeah, so they're my picks for highlights for the year. Obviously, I did say it would be very Switch-heavy. Um, the only two Xbox ones I got is... I know Sonic Frontiers is multi-format, but I've played it on Xbox... And last year, Nostal Gaia is just Xbox and PC. The others are all Switch. Um, yeah, I think it's fair to say I'm a bit of a Nintendo fanboy, but for me, Microsoft didn't have many big releases this year, unfortunately. Nothing that kind of jumped out as must-play. And same with Sony, like, I'm not into the God of War series. Not played the Horizon games. Um... So it's not been a great deal for, from Sony that's made me want to sit up and play my PS4, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, very much looking forward to 2023 now. Um, should be some good releases coming up. I know Persona 3 and 4 are coming out on Game Pass in January, so that is one thing I am very much going to get stuck into. They've got a new Fire Emblem, got obviously Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, so a lot of things to look forward to, um, which is very, very good and something I am looking forward to immensely. Um, yeah, so I'm going to talk about what games I have been playing, even though I've not been playing a great deal. I have still been diving into games here and there. So I've played a few matches on Splatoon 3. Uh, I've been dipping into Animal Crossing and checking out my island here and there. Hopefully I'll be home from work in time tonight to see in the new year of Animal Crossing. Sad, I know, but 
I am working the night shift, so I should be home before midnight, so I'll be able to sit down on my Switch. And um, seeing the new new year in my islanders. Seems quite, sounds quite sad, but then myself and Matt will uh, we'll be there together, hopefully. So, yeah. Um, Tetris 99, if we keep on diving into, it's a very good game to dive into. Um, and still going strong, which is a lot of fun. Um, have done a few bits on Pokemon Violet still. Um, then the other thing as well is I have got a new Switch because my fan was going in my old Switch, so I got a, a Nintendo Switch OLED edition. So a lot of it's kind of moving data across. I've obviously been playing Mario Kart 8 with the new Booster Course pack, like the Wave 3 of the DLC. Some amazing courses I absolutely love. Um, 3DS Rainbow Road, so I'm so happy to see that there, and it looks incredible. Um, so yeah, so we have got some really cool things I have been playing. Um, well, <coughs> so yesterday we were around my cousin, my uncle and cousins. Um, my cousin's got a PS5, we were playing the Chris Game Knowledge is Power. Um, I think that is a Sony exclusive, but it was a lot of fun. It was like a Chris, Chris Game where you sync your phone up um so yeah very much a fun game there yeah so uh, don't forget to check out game junkies podcast and the dungeon dungeon junkies podcast um i know the game junkies i did have a bit of a hiatus over christmas so they'll be back in the new year with some cool stuff um as always you can find me on twitter at chris lewis 37 and youtube at youtube.com forward slash chris reactor one um all my videos I'll share to my Twitter. So if you find me on Twitter at ChrisTurus37, you'll be able to find my videos fairly easily and click and subscribe if you really want to. Um, like I say, with everything going on, I've not done much in terms of videos either. Um, but this is something I am going to try and focus on in the new year once work settled down a bit. And I do hopefully get some time to myself. I've got a few days off died around the month so hopefully i can spend some good quality time with some games um anyway thank you for listening if you still are please reach out to me let me know what your gaming highlights were for 2022 i know if i did have a ps5 or play my play playstation 4 more i probably would have had a few more playstation games on there potentially um but yeah let me know what your thoughts and your standout games for for 2022 and Till next time, guys, stay safe, keep gaming, and switch you soon. Bye. This podcast is a Mass Attack production for Visionaries Global Media.